0: Hi, and welcome to NANCAST. I'm Jill, your host. I want to share with our listeners NAN's message regarding their position statement with the National Perinatal Association on Mothers with COVID-19 and their newborn infant focusing on shared decision-making. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues to shape all of our lives, those who provide care to the pregnant parents, their families, and newborns face a challenging task. We are entrusted with the responsibility of formulating new policies for childbirth and newborn care in the midst of a dynamic public health crisis. So how do you create evidence-based guidelines when the evidence is evolving? Parents and providers get new data every day and the information we need to make informed decisions is ever-changing. This not only possesses significant challenges in creating a safe environment for patients and first-line healthcare workers, but also in maintaining the highest standards of ethical and compassionate care at such a potentially vulnerable time for both parents and newborns. The National Perinatal Association and NAN recognize these unique challenges. And offer guidance in creating a culture of shared decision-making when providers must deliver the newborn of a COVID-19 mother or when the mother is a patient under investigation. Drawing from multidisciplinary experience of our organizations, we have created a joint position statement addressing the need to balance evidence-based practices for both infection control and protection of healthcare providers with the established benefit of newborn bonding and breastfeeding in the fourth trimester. It's a great pleasure to welcome Dr. Tiffany Moore, the current chair of NAN's Nursing Research Committee and an executive board member of the National Perinatal Association. Utilizing her passion and research in reducing chronic stress in mom and baby, she is the author of the current joint statement, Mothers with COVID and Their Newborn Infants, Today, we hope to answer the overarching questions which occur around our role as NICU nurses in these uncertain times. Let's get right into it. Hi, Tiffany. I appreciate you taking your time to talk with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, Tell us the story behind developing this position statement and why it was so important for NAN and NPA.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm actually members of both organizations. Um, I am the chair of the Nursing Research Committee for NAN, and I'm on the executive committee for NPA. And I know both organizations are very passionate about family-centered care, Uh, about maternal child outcomes and really understand the importance of um, attachment in mom and baby. And so um, I thought it was great to bring two organizations together that have the same beliefs and just really provide a powerful statement that supports uh, really moms' shared decision-making in uh, this era of pandemic world that we're living in.
0: You know, as NICU nurses, we really like to focus on uh, family-centered care, as you mentioned, and, you know, bring the family together and do um, some shared decision-making on on what we're going to do with our plan of care and, you know, how they interact with their their infant. Um, you know, and attachment is really important. And, you know, we do focus a lot on attachment during the golden hour. Um, what do you think ways that we can use this position statement to enhance – Attachment with mom and baby.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and that's really uh, a big reason for this position statement. Is that mom needs to be aware of all of the risks involved. Um, That includes the risks of the attachment that may be disrupted uh, if the you know if mom is separated from baby immediately. Um, You know, we we just we know the effects of the golden hour not only on the physiology of you know oxytocin and hypothermia, but, but really um, how this affects the innate prote- uh, protection behaviors, uh, disorganization in baby, and really affects bonding in mom and baby, which also can affect mom's um, emotional health.
0: Yeah, I know it's, you know, a stressful situation for these parents, especially the mom, when, you know, their delivery plan isn't going to be the same as they expected. They can only, most places only allow one support person. So, you know, going into this with all this uncertainty and stress and then having that, you know, um, feeling of of added stress to have not be able to adequately bond with your baby, especially, you know, if these moms are, um, you know, have COVID positive or if they're under investigation. So, you know, um, it's really important as NICU nurses that we um, have all this information so we can provide the best experience for these moms and, and really hope to promote bonding.
1: Absolutely. It really is important to, you know, again, emphasize, I mean, this, the stress of the NICU itself um, is, is really a traumatic experience for most parents, if not all parents. And so, you know, during this pandemic, I mean, there, like you mentioned, there's so many uncertainties. Um, you know, mom and dad aren't able to be in the NICU at the same time. And so as NICU nurses, it's really important that we acknowledge that grief they're going through, um, you know, including the grief of of any uh fears they have of covid and then really with the recent events of all um the events around the racism and um all of the riots and and the protesting and there's a lot of emotion going on right now and so you know just as NICU nurses um recognizing those traumatic events and then add on on top of everything the the experience of the NICU so it's it's really our role to provide trauma-informed care, to really acknowledge that grief, and to check in with these parents.
0: Yeah, there's so much trauma going on right now in the world, and, you know, compound that to the typical daily trauma um, these parents are experiencing in the NICU, um, you know, you really, you know, you notice these subtle changes in the parents' behavior and, you know, you have to kind of put everything into perspective. Like, they're dealing with issues of even just getting into their NICUs because of all of the um, protests that are going on to see their baby. And then, you know, couple that with, you know, having visitor restrictions. So it is it is very traumatic and very stressful for these parents. And I like to think as NICU nurses, we can be very resourceful um, and try to think figure out ways to promote bonding, but, you know, with these policies are always changing every day and we're always getting new emails and just to, you know, sift through that and, and figure out what's the new uh, flavor of the day, so to speak. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's really important that, you know, NAN um, and MPA put out this position statement because it, it's a nice resource for uh, nurses so they can really make sure that they're, um, you know, providing that care that these patients need, but safely and thinking about, um, you know, the safety of the other nurses on the unit and the medical team as well as mom and the baby and, and making sure that everybody's safe. Yep
1: yep exactly and you know in thinking about um you know how to, how I approached this statement was really thinking about evidence based practice and what do we you know use in evidence based practice well, we use the three major components we look at evidence and so looking at the evidence and staying up to date on the current evidence and you know what do we know about the effects of um, newborns? Are, are, are there an increased risk in, in getting COVID or getting sick from COVID? Um, so just being aware of what's been um, published and then the clinical expertise of those around you. You know, if this is, um, if the baby has, or mom has different high-risk situations, then, you know, every situation is different and bring in your clinical expertise, but of all the team members. And that includes a very important part of the NICU nurse role to be a part of those conversations. And then of course, the third component of EBP is patient preferences. What does mom want? What does, um, what does mom need in this moment? And then really just acknowledging that her needs and her wants may not be able to be fulfilled. So uh, you know, just acknowledgement itself is so powerful uh, in during trauma.
0: So we're talking a lot about um, the stress on moms and the families, but why don't we talk a little bit about the toxic stress on these babies that are in the NICU?
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, we know just being in the NICU is a stressful event for the babies. You have the environmental stress. You have um, stress from painful procedures, from noise, everything. And then you include the stress of the psychological distress of uh attachment and disruption of of those natural attachment processes. And so, you know, really we're starting to understand more and more about the role of toxic stress in early childhood. And when we talk about toxic stress, you know, um, usually we're talking about those adverse childhood experiences um, that, you know, babies, infants, children experience, um, including poverty, including abuse, but we're also recognizing the toxic stress in the NICU itself. And so um, again, it's important that um, we recognize that if the bonding that is not able to occur with mom and baby, that's affecting baby's emotional development. Um, Their social emotional maturity uh, starts from day one. And So, you know, when we interrupt that that golden hour, whether it's because they're separated for COVID or whether because the baby is too sick and they need um, to be transported to the NICU, you know, really making sure that we recognize and educate mom on the importance of, hey, when you're here, we really want you to do that skin to skin. That's so important for baby's development. It's so important for your um, emotional development as a a mother. And so just really trying to um, decrease the amount of toxic stress that we can actually control in the NICU.
0: So we've been talking a lot about trauma-informed care. Um, Can you, you know, take some time and and explain that a little bit more um, and and tell nurses what ways we can um, provide trauma-informed care both to the mom and the baby? Okay, yeah.
1: So, such an important topic, and it's really um, a very interesting topic that is newer. So, there there are a lot of resources that are um, popping up everywhere. But uh, one of the resources I would recommend is um, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Um, that's through the government, and they actually have a book and uh, website. Um, there's also the National Center for Trauma-Informed Care, and then um, I also have to, of course, acknowledge that um, NPA has a staff education course that talks about psychosocial support um, specifically for NICU staff. And so when we talk about trauma-informed care and what these resources will um, really help you identify, uh, there, there seem to be about six principles that Um, Are associated with trauma informed care, and that's safety. Making sure that mom uh, knows this is a safe environment, knows that you're a safe person to talk to, Um, really providing that peer support. Um, You know, if you're not able to directly relate, um, acknowledge that, but maybe there is someone that can relate to mom's circumstances, um, whether it's, you know, gender, culture, race, um, anything, and then collaborate on you know, really how you're going to move forward and and how, you know, what does mom need? So let's collaborate together to identify how we can make this experience less traumatic. Uh, Trustworthiness, I mean, we know nurses are the most trusted profession. And so, you know, we need to use that, um, that trustworthiness that patients have with us and just really make sure that they know that they can trust us. Uh, empowerment is such a huge thing to give these, um, moms, you know, especially, uh, with everything going on, just giving them the empower, the power to make their own decision and to really, um, feel like they have a voice. And then, you know, really taking into considerations the cultural, um, situations, you know, historical events. Um, again, I can't emphasize enough the, the extra trauma that um, the United States is really facing with, um, you know, the death of George Floyd and really has risen up the talk of racism and, and it's, it's really exhausting. I know as, as a white woman, it's exhausting for, for me and it's heartbreaking, but I can't imagine what it's like for our black moms. Right. Um, so, you know, just really being able to say, Hey, I acknowledge this is happening to you and I want you to know this is a safe place and, um, and just really trying to, um, not re-traumatize them. And, you know, it's so powerful. Just the words, I'm so sorry this is happening to you, or I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Those words are simple and powerful. And then really just sitting and listening, just listening and acknowledging, wow, that must have been so difficult. Um, those are really, you know, we learn that in our therapeutic communication skills in uh, nursing school. And it's just so important that we really think about that as we approach moms, especially during this pandemic and this time of, of enhanced racism.
0: You know, that's so, so true. It's, um, you know, we have to think about the world events that are occurring around us. Um, you know, when we're talking to these moms and, and the, the dads too, and, um, you know, we talked about uh, post-traumatic stress in an episode, and, you know, these parents are experiencing that, and it, it's just, we might have to take that added extra time to communicate with these with these families, and, you know, just like you said, listening, that's so important, and you can really get to the bottom of some of this, of the feelings that these parents are having, um, and really help move their, um, you know, their stress away, and and you know, hopefully, with doing that, we can enhance any kind of bonding that we can. You know, some parents just want to shut down um, and and stop coming um, and stop visiting. And you know, we we obviously don't want that. So um, you know, uncertainty that we learned in the last episode is is very powerful and how it can affect um, you know these parents' relationships in the in the NICU. You know, as NICU nurses, we all um, like to focus on neurodevelopmental care and try to enhance neurodevelopmental outcomes. But, you know, during this time, you know, how can nurses also, you know, make sure that those outcomes are still met and those milestones are still met, you know, during them experiencing all of this toxic stress and, and, you know, incorporating trauma-informed care and, and, and enhancing neurodevelopmental outcomes?
1: Yeah. Excellent question. You know, they may not be able to, our little pumpkins may not be able to express um, words, but I, you know, they can feel what's going on around them. And so as the NICU nurse, it is so important that, you know, take your deep breaths before you walk into that room, before you approach that baby and really, you know, go into almost mindfulness mode um, where you're with that baby in that moment, um, calm and peaceful. And then, you know, of course there's, I mean, we all know the importance of developmental care, but, you know, maybe especially right now we um, have that extra little cloth that mom wears when she's at home, so we can put that by the baby's nose. Um, And, you know, since parents aren't able to visit as much, you know, I I would love to see people use more uh, FaceTime and um, videos so that mom can see baby and baby can hear mom. Um, That would be so beautiful. Or even record mom's voice right now if, you know, she's not able to, to be there as often as she wants to because of, you know, so many different reasons. And, um, you know, just really an, an encouraging mom to um, really have a mindfulness moment before she holds baby so that mom goes into it and enjoys that moment with her baby. Um, you know, just making sure that it's a peaceful, positive experience um, so that our little pumpkins can really grow and um, feel that safety. I, I do believe that they, they can feel that safety. They can feel that love. And um, so it's important that we really create that atmosphere um, and model that behavior at the bedside.
0: Yeah, and I always, you know think about using my resources. You know, if some hospitals are lucky enough to have um, child life specialists around music therapists um, and other multidisciplines that can really help out with with these processes. Um, And try to help enhance bonding. So, you know, as a nurse, you don't feel like you have to take all of this on yourself. Um, You know, you can also um, bring in um, other resources. So, you know, you have to really think of what's the best way that we can, you know, maintain that that bond. So I know where I work, we, we use child life and music therapists all the time um, to help with that. And, you know, just that little bit of extra support for the parents goes a really, really long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And
1: I, I know one hospital, you know, they purchased some iPads and, you know, so that they're able to zoom or FaceTime, um, with, with the parents and, you know, in a safe, secure network. And I mean, what a great idea. And hopefully that will continue after the pandemic. Um, because, you know, again, for so many different reasons, mom and dad can't be there all the time. So, you know, just what a great intervention that, um, this horrible situation has developed.
0: Yeah, that's true. You know, we we might have, we might unlock some secrets during this time that actually might be really, really beneficial that maybe we might not have thought of unless, you know, we were pushed into a corner, unfortunately, like we are now, so. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: I know one thing that I'm sure is on the minds of a lot of uh, NICU nurses, and especially ones that are, you know, work in a delivering hospital, Um, you know, we're hearing a lot about, um horizontal infection, like the risk of of transferring COVID um, from mother to baby. And, you know, how do we kind of make that balance between, you know, the supposed risk of horizontal infection versus the risks of, you know, separation and trauma that we were talking about earlier? Yeah, that's that's the
1: uh, million dollar
0: question, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Um, You know, I I have to say that um, I went straight to the evidence. And, um, you know, so it's really important that uh, scientists and uh, clinicians are reporting um, outcomes that they see to help, you know, the rest of us um, really provide that evidence-based care and to know, you know, what What is the evidence out there? And so when I looked, um, there were a few multicenter studies, um, one from China, uh, one multicenter study from Italy, and another multicenter study in New York City. And so they looked at COVID-positive moms, okay, and of the 127 babies that all of those moms um, that were born to these COVID-positive moms, um, there was only one Uh, neonatal mortality and that was that baby was preterm and did not test positive to COVID. And so um, that is encouraging that um, these babies did not really have that vertical transmission. Um, But it can't be ruled out, of course. We we don't know for sure that there's um, not that vertical transmission. And the horizontal transmission is is so difficult. Um, It may occur. Uh, We we still don't know. And that's why we really want moms to practice um, good hand hygiene when handling their baby if they're COVID positive, um, including wearing a mask when they breastfeed. But, you know, I know the World Health Organization does... Uh, recommend that moms continue to breastfeed, not just, not just express milk and give it to the baby, but really breastfeed. But using a mask and being safe. Um, if hospitals are, you know, have the extra isolates available, um, then you know, while mom is not holding baby, um, baby can be in an isolate or at least you know six feet from mom. Um, that's not ideal. But again, you know, being in the hospital is is the opportunity to model the behavior of good hand hygiene, you know, making sure she wears the masks, um, you know, making sure we answer any questions she has and being honest when, you know what, we really don't know the risk of that. Um, She needs to know that we... We don't know, and and this this is hard for us because as medical providers, right, as healthcare workers, we we know a lot of of information, um, but we don't know right now. So, really, giving her the the risks that we can't rule out um, horizontal transmission. Um, you know, when we think about separating mom and baby um, in the hospital, that's you know two three days of critical time bonding for that mom and baby. But all of these hospitals are sending the baby home with this COVID positive mom. And so um, I, I've been looking, I haven't seen any studies yet that have talked about really that neonatal period or, or even early infancy. Um, so far, I really haven't seen any complications of um, later um, neonatal or later infancy with these moms or with these babies who are born to COVID positive moms. So you know, again, um, there may be something that comes out tomorrow. And that's why it's so important that as NICU nurses, we just stay ahead of the evidence and just um, there's not a lot out there. So uh, you don't have to be overwhelmed with all the evidence because there's just not a lot. And um, again, those multi-center studies um, are are really helpful because um, every hospital practice is different. So, you know, it's good to know that the different kinds of practices that they're doing still has similar results, which is very, very little complications for babies. Now, I, I you know, it'd be wrong to say that there's been no complications because I believe a couple of the babies have tested positive for COVID and, um, but there have been no other mortality re- related to um, COVID uh, from babies who are born to COVID positive moms.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, that's all we have is the data that is coming out now, and that's what we have to present to the moms. And as nurses, like you said, we just keep up with the evidence. And as a shared decision, we decide what, you know, the parents can make the decision if, if that's something that um, makes them nervous. And, you know, but as you, all we can do is give them the facts and, you know, stay on top of the evidence and, and present that to them as it comes. So, you know, I think that's what's difficult. As a nurse, as an ICU nurse, because we like to have that evidence, we love numbers, um, you know. So um, I think that's the struggle that that we're having, um, you know, when we're allowing these moms to breastfeed and and do all that. Like, well, where's the evidence? How do we know that that's okay if that's safe? So, yeah. Um, but thank yeah, you.
1: It's, yeah, it's definitely weighing the risks. And again, you know, think about your EBP. Here's the evidence. Here's our clinical expertise, what we've seen, what we, you know, know personally as, as clinicians and, you know, everyone, again, it should be a interdisciplinary um, discussion. And then, then really the shared decision with mom is the key so that, you know, she's empowered to make that decision and be a part of the team.
0: Exactly. You know, hearing you talk about, um, you know, shared decision-making with COVID-19 and these parents, you know, it really is very comforting um, as an ICU nurse because there is so much uncertainty and, and so much stress for the nurse too. We talk about stress for the babies and the parents, but the nurses are stressed out. The medical team is very stressed. Um, so this, this conversation has been very comforting to me because I feel like I've been empowered to um, really help these parents um, guide themselves and navigate through this this time. So do you have any, you know, closing uh, remarks or closing thoughts on this to kind of help comfort the listeners as well?
1: Yeah. You know, um, I'm so glad that you mentioned that, um, you know, as, as a practicing NICU nurse that, that you're, you know, you have a little bit of comfort with this. And and I just want to encourage all of the practicing NICU nurses or OB nurses or postpartum nurses out there, um, really any of the nurses, you know, we're doing the best that we can. And um, I think that honesty is so important right now. And so just know, you know, you know so much about developmental care and you know so much about um, the physiology of stress, and um, but we don't know about the risks of this infection on on babies, and so acknowledging that we just don't know, but here's what we do know, and here's what we don't know, and again, that will mean so much to the parents, and it will it will take all the pressure off of you. You know this this shouldn't be just um, a medical team decision. Um, it should always include the parents. Um, so just really, you know, deep breaths. Um, there, there's those of us who are, you know, constantly looking in the literature to find out more evidence. And as soon as there's more evidence that we know about, um, you know, I'll be the first to alert NAN and NPA and provide updating information to get it out to everyone, um, in the e-news for NAN and, um, NPA's newsletter but you know everyone is doing a phenomenal job this is not easy for you on the front lines and so know that there is a lot of support and that you guys are doing the best that you can which is which is amazing so thanks to um thanks to everyone for all you do
0: and thank you so much for coming and talking to us and and really providing us with so much um, information and knowledge that we can bring to our units and, and hopefully empower these parents through this really, really difficult time in the world. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. As we all know and are experiencing, the NICU environment is ever-changing and facing new challenges every day, being compounded by a global pandemic. It is NAN and NPA's hope that with this position statement, NICU nurses will be guided in a way to promote the dignity of the mother and the baby bond and aspire to improve patient outcomes during these challenging and uncertain times. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks for your support and letting us into your ears. Have a great day.